It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the multiplexes and at the art house. Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. You'll also hear about new and old films on Blu-ray and on DVD. Plus, you'll hear all the latest Hollywood gossip. I don't care! Okay, maybe not the latter, but it is time for film sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosi. It's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever, yes. Let's see how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. Film lovers, welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocy, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y, at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Socy. The show is available as a podcast. It's also available on iTunes, and it has a blog, which will someday be updated at filmsociology.tumblr.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I should I should warn you, we are in the middle of, uh, yes, it's the fall pledge drive. So if you enjoy the uh, film entertainment information and nonsense, that is film sociology, 1-800-233-0020, or go to WFYI.org to become a member, to renew your membership, or to become a sustaining member right now. Now, uh, October is very busy here in Indianapolis and, and very busy in my world for a few reasons. Um Pledge Drive is one thing. Uh, the play I'm in is done, another thing. Heartland is happening, third thing. And my anniversary always happens during mm-hmm. Heartland. So busy, busy month. But uh, Heartland Film Festival is happening now. And joining me in studio, we have uh, Greg Sorvig, who is the Director of Programming and Marketing for the festival, and Tim Taylor, the Director of the D- D- Indianapolis documentary, the Indianapolis Jazz documentary, uh, Go Get Your Horn. Gentlemen, thanks for hanging out. Thanks. Well, I should mention you have me. 11 date nights. That you can have for your anniversary this year. 11 my, days for I, the festival. Thank you. My wife is directing a show that opens next weekend, so not that many. But we, yeah. we, we're we going to carve out an evening, and I promise not to report about it here on the show. And you take <laughs> you know Pledge Week seriously. They uh, Matthew actually picked me up and uh, shook me upside down, and all my money um, was yeah, gone. Yeah, because I don't, get, I don't get a commission. This <laughs> it goes straight this is, it goes straight to the bank and on the first floor. Oh, well, thanks so. for having us today. No, it's great to, get, great to have you here. Greg, um Tell us, tell us uh, what what do folks have in store for this year's fest? Yeah, so um, in case you didn't know, it's our 25th anniversary. So 25 years here silver? in Indianapolis, silver anniversary. There you go. So silver screen, silver anniversary. You'll see our uh, logo this year and two kind of Art Deco spotlights. So yeah, silver everything. We have 11 days of inspiring independent film from all over the world. Uh, we keep shattering records every year for submissions. So we went from 800 some to 1200 some, 1700 uh, over 2500. From 113 countries this year, we whittled it down to 138 films from 29 countries. Tons of fantastic stars. Jessica Biel will be here for opening night with a film called The Book of Love, which um, stars Jason Sudeikis and Maisie Williams. You're, you're going to tell her about this show, right? Yes, we are. <laughs> All right, thank you. Does she? 
she she hasn't been on here before, Matthew. No, she, she's oh. she's a little difficult to get to sometimes. <laughs> okay. And again, it's not if it's if you know what they say about a restraining order, they're thinking about you. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that is very true. It's not called stalking; it's called very focused affection. <laughs> yeah. So eleven days of <laughs> moving on. Uh, yes, please. We'll talk about the restraining later uh, order later. Um, yeah, we have. Um, you know, films from all over the world. We have film screenings, over 280, I believe. So if you've never been before, you know, we've been around for 25 years. Years We still hear we, that people have not come yet. So this is your invitation. If you're listening right now, we want you to come. Don't feel like you have to see every single movie. You can come to see one. And if you buy a ticket online or on the phone, you can save 3 bucks. So come and check out one, dip your toes in, and then you'll love it and jump right in the pool. And uh, people can go online and check out the information at? Yeah, heartlandfilmfestival.org. You can check out the whole lineup, watch clips and trailers, um, see all the talent that's coming to town. So everything you need to know is online. And and this year, where are the, the majority of the screenings at? Yeah, we have two screening locations, AMC Traders Point and AMC Castleton, which is our main hub. We're going to have a 4,000-square-foot party pavilion called the Premier Pavilion right across the entrance. So it's going to be this fantastic festival setting. We're going to do some major events there, like our awards party, give over $129,000 to uh, filmmakers uh, that are in contention for grand prizes and give out an Oscar qualification, which is fantastic. And um, actor Brian Dennehy is going to be in town. And he's going to be honored with a Pioneering Spirit Lifetime Achievement Award. So um, he's a legend on screen and on stage. And he's going to be here. He's been in one of our most popular films called The Ultimate Gift, which we're bringing back. We're doing a retrospective series, too. So if you've never been to the you've festival. You've been here long enough that you can do <laughs> retrospects on some of the films <laughs> yeah. you've shown. Yep. That's great. And, and um, yeah, and this is, a, ladies and gentlemen, this is an opportunity to see films that you, you, know, you might not see anywhere else. They don't always, you know, not everything can open on 3,000 screens. Right. But, but there is something about, there, there is an electricity about seeing something before everybody. There is that, there is that aspect of it. And and, and and if something breaks big, you get a little bit. I, I admit, you get a little bit of film going ego of yes, I remember seeing that at the festival, <laughs> and then it blew up, and you know, it, it, it's something very exactly. encouraging about this. And and it's a it's always it's always good quality work, whether it's a short, whether it's a feature. I mean, uh, the the genres that the festival covers is vast, so there's there is literally something for everybody. Right, and we actually added something new in our guidebook. We have a 104 page guidebook, which is free. You can get it at AMC Castleton, Traders Point, the Heartland Film Office. Y- you know what? You come to FYI, we got them here too. Yeah, so. right, FYI, <laughs> and I think local Marsh supermarkets too. But we actually have a color-coded system. So you know what? I like romance movies. I like world movies. Feel good. You can actually look by the f- easy to see color-coded system. Look at that. Yeah. So whatever we need to do to get you to come to a movie, we'll do it. So it's right. a fantastic experience. Again, if you've never come, come and check it out. Now. Um I, it, 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 I festivals like this. I always think of of like a coach. Um, so like this year's festival started, what the morning after last year's festival? Pretty much. People think we just hibernate and go into um, a cave somewhere in Fountain Square for nine months and then <laughs> come come back out. But you know we are a year round organization. Pop up for the first Friday <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, we uh, rub our eyes and get the sleepies out and show a short film on first Friday and go back for the rest of the month. <laughs> But, no, we we do a, a year-round programming. So we have a Heartland Film Roadshow. We show a lot of our the favorite films throughout the community. Partners like IU Cinema, the Historic Art Craft Theater down in Franklin, the Jewish Community Center, um, a lot of other great venues, too. So we do that. We have an award we give to studio films. So we have a great relationship with them called the Truly Moving Picture Award. And so Heartland, we don't have a lot of films. We don't necessarily show maybe something like the horror genre, films that are more experimental. Our films are really story-based, films that kind of leave you with a little lasting impact afterwards as well. Mm-hmm. So, and I would say, 
of the of the film, how many how many are are on, on this year? Hundred uh, one hundred thirty eight. How many of those have you seen? I mean, I've seen so basically. I came in late in the process. Um, I took over duties for programming and marketing this year. Right. Uh, I started as a programmer. Um, I've seen the vast majority. I can't probably give you a full count, but oh, I've right. seen a lot of movies. Okay. And uh, could you give us a couple of highlights before uh, before we chat with uh, with yeah, Tim? So some special events. Yeah. So special events. Our opening night is going to be at the Scottish Rite Cathedral um, on Thursday, uh, October twentieth. It's the Book of Love. I mentioned before as Jason yep. Sudeikis from SNL, Maisie Williams, Jessica Biel. So we have some special guests coming. We're going to have a red carpet that's available for attendees and also to the public. So Jessica Biel will be walking the red carpet answering questions as well as producer Michelle Purple and actor Richard Robichaud. He was actually at the festival in the past doing an acting workshop, so it'll be great to have him back. Awesome. And we found out the distributor of the film is Electric Entertainment, and their CEO is Dean Devlin. And oh, he okay. will actually be walking the red carpet, and he'll be in town too. So Dean has a fantastic um, resume. And he was involved with Independence Day, Godzilla. Yep. Um, he was there, part of the, the revolution when things were going digital, and he helped out with a lot of stuff, too. But he's a legend in, um, in his own right, so he's coming as well. Well, leg- uh, folks, I should mention, I uh, sh- shameless plug, I, I direct a play every spring at Scottish Rite Cathedral, mm. and it is a gorgeous space. I mean, it, it, it's like you're seeing a show inside Parliament. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> exactly. And, and there's, pl- I assure you, there are plenty of seats for this. So there is something about the movie experience, and then having it in a in a just a an architectural wonder. And the lower bowl is horseshoe shaped. So if we need to bring football into it to sell it, hey, <laughs> it, you can sit in a horseshoe. M- mixing of and arts watch. and sport yeah. in Indianapolis, get out! <laughs> no way. Yeah, but I, we walked in. I had never been there before. But it's this ornate wood decor, mm-hmm. and you feel like like. A, I love the movie The Aviator, um, you know, from Scorsese and stuff, yes. too. Just the cast, the uh, iconography, the cinematography, feeling like you're in that era. And Vince Giordano did music, which we'll talk about later as well. He's coming to the festival. But if they do that 30s Hollywood premiere, and it feels like that. There's this decor in there, and it feels like... Welcome to the oh, re- party foul. Welcome Tim to the reminder Taylor. to uh, yeah silence everything here. It's like the movies anyway. Continue. It's just like it. Exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it feels like this um, grandioso... Um, Hollywood premiere from yesteryear, and so to celebrate our Art Deco-ish, you know, themed 25th anniversary, it was the perfect spot. So we're really excited for that. So really, if you've never been to the festival, it's a book ended by an opening night and closing night. So we'll fast forward. Closing night's October 30th at AMC Castleton, and it's a film called Josephine. So it's by Rory Feek, and he's best known for wearing his overalls, doing music. Um, he, he was part of the country duo uh, Joey and Rory. And um, he's been featured a lot in local media and even People Magazine, things like that. But his wife, Joey, passed away from cancer earlier this year, which is very tragic. But she was from Alexandria, Indiana, loves Indianapolis, family loves it. Their child's name is Indy. Um, so this movie is almost – Why or wow. I-E? Um, it's, I think it's actually full Indiana. And I think – so um, I-N-D-Y, I think, is what they say for short. I think there's, I think there's a, a, a photo opportunity – with the NDY somewhere in the city. Actually, yeah, you, um, you know, we haven't announced thing. this yet, but the NDY <gasps> sign will be at AMC Castleton. So, <laughs> no awesome. yes, yeah, so there you go. <laughs> See, ladies and gentlemen, your pledge dollars at work, exclusives here at the film show. Yeah, this, the synergy is amazing here. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll be playing um, across multiple screens uh, Josephine, which is a film set during the Civil War, um, this woman's husband is off at war. She cuts her hair and disguises herself as a Confederate soldier um, and goes into the war to try to find him. 
And Boris McGiver, who you probably recognized as the main um, investigative journalist in uh, House of Cards, mm -hmm. and he's also been in other fantastic things like Boardwalk Empire. He's the male lead in the film as well, so you'll see some recognizable faces. So Rory will be here, his daughter Heidi, and a couple other folks from the film. Um, and so there's going to be an after party with a Q&A and some live music from Joshua Powell as well. And I forgot to mention for opening night, local singer-songwriter um, John McLaughlin will be doing that oh, after party. Yes. Yep. So uh, you can actually buy tickets, $40 for opening night for both the film, red carpet, mm -hmm. um, and there'll be Q&A afterwards with everybody as well. Plus, you get to watch an acoustic set by John McLaughlin, or you can just buy a ticket to come to the party for 15 bucks. So we thought, hey, some John fans might come out as well. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. that is, it is a big, big uh, weekend. Two weekends. So just uh, yeah. you're set. I really know. Is. Then I heard yeah, there's a really few cool. things in between those two dates, too. So we have some, some films, <laughs> yeah. some things. So being our 25th anniversary, the next um, day after opening, which is on the Thursday night, we start movies at both AMC Castleton and Traders Point. And. Um, we're actually going to have a 25th anniversary celebration event. So it's also a fundraiser. So VIP tickets are $250, and um, regular tickets or anniversary tickets are $125. So it's a VIP starting at 530 to 630, and then it goes on to 11. And that's where we'll be honoring um, Brian Dennehy with the um, Pioneering Spirit Lifetime Achievement Award. So it'll be fantastic. You have paparazzi there taking your pictures when you come in. There's some uh, fantastic stuff going on, food stations and a kind of a retrospective program. Our founder and president emeritus, Jeff Sparks, will be there in honor as well. Ah, Jeff. So, yeah. yeah, so that'll oh, be a neat thing. Um, and there's a lot of neat stuff, too. So that, that day, there's going to be a fantastic premiere of a film called High School 911, which is a documentary um, that takes place in Connecticut um, about a, um, a, a town which I believe has 20,000 people, and their EMT service is operated by high school student volunteers. And it, was, oh and it was founded by this guy named John E. Doble, uh, known as Bud Doble. And as I watched the movie, I was like, that name is very familiar. That's my mom's maiden name. <laughs> found out that this guy who started this program is my fifth cousin once removed. Oh, my goodness. So not only will this be a world premiere, but also be a family reunion. So wow. it's American Teen meets Bringing Out the Dead. <laughs> yeah, there no, you go. it's not. It's, it's <laughs> different. So we have that world premiere, and we have some other And a family stuff. reunion in your voice. Yeah. So, exactly. that, so it's, it's really serendipitous, some of the weird connections. I mean, you, you come to the festival, if you've never been... Um, if you've been to a Sundance or Toronto, you might catch a glimpse of somebody like Brad Pitt or uh, something like of that nature. But here at Heartland, if you see somebody with an orange lanyard, that means they're a filmmaker. <laughs> Tim, you'll be wearing an orange yes, lanyard. Yes, so, yes, yes. Exactly. Um, it's an honor. You can go up and you. talk to Brian Dennehy about bestseller and FX. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, in that same day, so you, it's an intimate experience. You get to meet yep. and talk with these people, the Q&As afterwards. They're here um, for the experience. They're here because they want to show their film. So it's fantastic. Um, in that same day, we're going to be showing um, a film called Year by the Sea, which um, is a film starring Karen Allen. So she's best known for roles in Animal House, Marion, in the Indiana Jones films. and The Wanderer. Yeah, I was already going through my library. <laughs> I'm like, what, her, what is her work do I have? So, yeah. Yeah. so it's a great film about a, um, a woman who um, is an empty nester, having some issues with her husband, decides, hey, I need to go and kind of recalibrate um, in the Cape Cod area. And it's a fantastic uh, film. It's going to be a great crowd pleaser. So Karen will actually be here in town. The producer is Laura Goodnow. She'll be here next I would say, week. Um, wow. you, I, would say, I will say, uh, to give you a little bit of a cliffhanger, tune into next week's film, Sociology. You might hear something interesting. <laughs> and uh, also, Karen, Karen had another film that she was in, I remember, many moons ago, called The Basket mm. with Peter Coyote. And it was about the, I think it was the first incarnations of the game of basketball. 
that's the name. So, no yeah, um, huh. this was I, this was as I said before, my anniversary is uh, is during the festival. I remember uh, my wife and I got married in 1999. We got married on a Friday, and um, first off, you can organize a wedding in two months. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. Okay. But but we uh, had a get together Saturday evening, Saturday afternoon, and Saturday night we went to a film at the Heartland Film Festival. We hmm. saw uh, Walking Across Egypt, wow. the, the Ellen Burstyn picture, and uh, so anyway, it's always been a part of this. But yeah, I, I will check in Great. with Mrs. Are you sure that you said it was called a basket? But I think it was called the basketball ring. Are you? It may be alternative titles. I think Ted Cruz is texting me. And I think he said basketball oh, ring. So, <laughs> Zing! Really, yes. you're doing that? <laughs> Wow, I had to bring that back up. man, you I, did. I forgot that. It you was know a what? Thing until just I, now. How about this? We go, we go meet Mike Pence at Chili's and talk about. Them. That's fine. I wonder what Mike Pence's favorite thing at Chili's is. What would you think? Not, <laughs> not you know, probably not Asian wings because that would remind of a Mulan. The chicken zingers, I think. Something smothered oh. in cheese. Cheese. Mm, yeah. <laughs> okay, shifting gears before we lose our money. Uh, so anyway, that's <laughs> once again. Where can people go for for more information on the fest? Yeah, heartlandfilmfestival.org. and we have. Um, you, you look at our ticketing site. You can look um, by day. You can look by film. Um, a lot of other film festivals, you might see a movie maybe playing twice. One of our any film that's a finalist in contention for the grand prize um, is playing eight times. Um, every film that's official selection, which is a lion's share of our films, plays about four times. We have Indiana Spotlight films, which play twice. High school film competition, which we'll play three times, and some special presentations, which might play once or twice. So, so if you, you see a film that's only playing yeah. once or twice, get your ticket in advance. Because here's another thing: AMC just upgraded all their seats. Yeah. So I was just up at Castle today. So you have fancy leather recliners. So disclaimer right here, folks: if you fall asleep during a film, no refunds. You <laughs> nice. will be comfy, but no refunds. Yeah, it was, we we uh, some of the uh, Indiana Film Journalists Association members, uh, including yours truly. Yeah, we we've been going to screenings elsewhere because of the renovations I, over there. I heard from Bob Bloom. Yeah, he was he was asking <laughs> I me bet if you I heard if, from if Bob Bloom. Yes, he, he asked me if I had the inside in track on. Uh, when everything's going to be done. I think they're getting very close to castles. Okay. We, it means we, a lot fewer seats, though, too. It right? does. So, so capacities are – so we are expecting a lot of sellouts this year. And yeah. I guess um, – I'm going to word this carefully. This Are the seats a little wider, do we think, because you, there aren't as many? I did not sit in them. I have photos on my phone here I can show you. Um, I would say – because now there's really no excuse to not go to the movies. So, I mean, if they, if no, they are they, if they, they look super so. comfy. They look They look really nice. And there's nice LCD screens. But I don't say each theater, too. So nice displays. And, yeah, it looks, it looks fantastic. Yeah. So don't gripe about the prices. You're sitting in it. So there. <laughs> right. Um, anyway. Okay. So nice segue because we've talked about some local uh, work. Tim, yeah. um, you have the documentary Go Get Your Horn, a, a fun documentary about the jam session. Yes. Please, uh, please elaborate because you're here. Uh, well, it's, uh, yeah, it's about the jam sessions that, that happen here in town, you know, primarily at, at, uh, at the Jazz Kitchen and at the Chatterbox. And it's a chance to kind of profile uh, you know uh, those musicians who participate uh, in that, and 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 one in particular, um, a trumpet player here in town, Cliff Ratliff, and and uh, some people might know their his name if you happen to be into the jazz scene, but if you don't, um, you probably don't know this gentleman. But yet he's been a, a mentor to so much of the jazz community, and mm. uh, it's just a, it's wonderful to to be able to to give him a chance to tell his story. Someone say Cliff, Clifford is a direct link. To the Indiana Avenue jazz scene yeah, back in exactly. the fifties and sixties. Yeah, he he grew up um, uh, right uh, yeah, when when uh, Indiana Avenue was still thriving, and and there were some 
you know, dozens of clubs uh, up and down that street. And, there, and, and throughout the city, there were a lot of jazz clubs at that time. And uh, uh, that's, that's part of the, the story in the film. We get to hear about, um, you know, how he uh, essentially would uh, uh, pull a fast one on his parents and tell them that he was going to the Y when he actually was going over to Indiana Avenue. I say, who has the Y that late? Open? <laughs> who goes there? Anyway. They were having a dance. Oh, right, Ooh. a dance. They don't do dances there anymore, do they? Actually, that Y doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so it was the Senate Avenue I guess so we should just yeah. check with the new Y. Do, do you guys <laughs> exactly. do dances still, really? <laughs> yeah. Surf punch? Yeah. Anyway. But <laughs> Cliff's just a, uh, Cliff's a sweetheart and a and, uh, uh, wonderful person. And, and uh, it's, it's wonderful to, to let other musicians kind of give him some tribute. But beyond that, it really gives you a... a a chance, a window inside this kind of community that forms around these jazz sessions, and you know that's the thing that attracted me to it is that there's this uh, there's this mentorship going on, and there's this uh, community that 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 kind of comes about this unlikely set of people, you know, that that come together mm-hmm. from all different sorts of walks, and um, uh, that's a good thing. It's a cool thing. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm. You know, obviously, with with my other work and programs here, right. I mean, um, and and the jazz jam session is different than your open stage at, at say, like right. the Slippery Noodle or a Blues right. Jam, and right. and and part of it, I think, is um, the the exploration mm-hmm. is is more of a possibility at, at a place like the Chatterbox and the Jazz Kitchen. If you're at an open stage and it's the Noodle or it's a rock club, you kind of knew you know the songs that you know, mm-hmm. and you kind of know when to break or when mm-hmm. to. You know, this mm-hmm. is your turn to solo here and your turn to solo there, and there is a certain degree of that at at a jazz jam. Oh yeah, but as as I as I heard in the trailer is sometimes you got four, five, six people all playing at once. But it sinks in really tight, and I think right. that's part of the wonder of it is right. you have, as you mentioned, uh, different different characters from different walks of life that are getting up there, and they kind of have an idea, and they just go with it. Right. It, it's it takes a lot of courage. It, it takes a, a ton of courage on the musicians who who get up there for the first time, and and uh, and it you, takes. I'm sorry, but you also one one of the angles is you have there's a there's a kid who is going for his yes, first one. Yes, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, young guy named uh, George Pryor, and it's his his. Uh, we were luckily in a, lucky enough to find uh, a Butler student who was going to sit in uh, the first time when we were filming there, and <laughs> so we got to uh, we got to hang out with George a bit, and and fortunately Keith David was not there to throw a symbol at his yeah, head. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Go rent bird. <laughs> Another no. sad jazz film, anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. It went, nothing like that. It was, uh, uh, yeah, um, it's just a a wonderful thing to to get to portray. We got to visit with some of the musicians in their homes. Uh, 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 we get to hang out with them and hear some of their backstories a little bit, and 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 kind of uh, bring some more context to how these guys uh, came to play together. Many of them. So and you got yeah. to see Kevin Anker's giant organ. Yeah, yeah, as, as he'll, be the, he'll be the yes. first thing yeah, he'll, he'll be the he'll, first he'll to tell, tell you about that, that. So. right exactly and sh- yeah. shameless plug I should mention um, besides this weekend on the house party but uh, Kevin who's an organ player right that, thus see that's a single entendre right um, but uh, and plays all around town but he right. is on the latest the brand new album from the fabulous Thunderbirds yes um, he's been which touring is, with them right yeah, yeah. yeah so when when Kim Wilson comes a call and he hops on a plane and exactly. goes somewhere yeah. and that's kind of what Kevin's been doing when he's not here yeah um, it's a uh, anyway, you're going to hear that on the house party the next few weeks. It's a more soulful album than what you expected 
when you expect from the T-Birds, especially, yeah, yeah. Especially, yeah mm-hmm. it's been a long time since MTV, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, they're still out there and it's, but, uh, but that's another example. And, yeah. and Kev, Kevin's a really good sport. He's just somebody I, whose chops I bust because he busts mine. Yeah. Um, but no, but he's I was a say, fabulous player. Yeah, exactly. So I would say, how, how did this documentary come about for you? Spending too much time at jazz clubs? Uh, you know, that was part of it. <laughs> you know, that was part of it. You know, um, uh, I can answer that actually. Tim. <laughs> yes. Um, something kind of special is that um, Tim is actually a defending champion right now. <laughs> we had the Indiana Spotlight with the cash prize we debuted last year. And a championship belt. He does. Yeah, he it's, he's wearing it right fact. now, it's listeners. Just, you can't just, see it. Yes, it's so um, heavy. So. You yeah. won the Indiana Spotlight yes, last right. year with another short documentary. Uh, so tell us about that and then sure. kind of what, you know, you're, you're defending the title this year for I get, Yeah, I, I, I try Spotlight not winner. to think of it that way. That's that's too nervy, you know. It's a, uh, what is No that, pressure at all. To yeah, there's the uh, uh, that wonderful quote uh, from Teddy Roosevelt, comparison is the thief of joy. So we, we, we keep that. I think when you come to Heartland, I think as a filmmaker, that's, uh, to me, that's one of the mantras is comparison is the thief of joy. There are so many filmmakers here, and it's so inspirational, and there's so much to learn from each other that if you can put your own uh, egos, dreams, hopes aside or whatever and just and just enjoy the picture that's in front of you and try to get to know those people, uh, that really sounds Pollyanna, doesn't it? But it's just true. Uh, that's just how it is. Um, yeah, last year I was fortunate enough to get into the festival with a 12-minute uh, a, a documentary short called Citizen Techlete. Uh, it's about a young man named Techlete Gouzet, who is an uh, uh, Eritrean refugee, uh, who wound up um, here in Indianapolis through the efforts of Exodus Refugee, Inc., which you hear about a lot uh, mm-hmm. in recent uh, times with the Syrian questions and so forth that have been going on. And... Uh, I was fortunate enough to meet this young man, and we and and uh, found out that he was about to become or on his pathway to becoming a citizen. And so, uh, my DP on that project, Lindsay Mitchell, and I hung out with him for uh, a period of months and kind of followed the process of him getting a citizenship. Um, and uh, I was thrilled that it got into the Heartland Festival. And then I was uh, somewhat knocked over when uh, when we came away with the Indiana Spotlight Award. So. Anyway, so, so that, yeah. that was really the genesis, right? You just needed a great film to, <laughs> to enter again. And so how do I do it? Uh, it came back, uh, some of you guys probably know, uh, there's a painter in town, uh, uh, you know, Kyle Ragsdale, whose who's work mm-hmm. is, is, is very common around town. And, and I shouldn't say it's very common, but it's, it's uh, you see a lot of it because he Privileged. is, yes, he is so <laughs> uh, prolific and, and, and it's just such an amazing talent. And, and he and I got together um, uh, for coffee um, in January after the Heartland experience, and and uh, we were just chatting, and and I was kind of saying, uh, you know, I, I just don't even know what to make of this. And he said, Well, do you have another project in mind? And I said, Oh, I don't know. I said, You know, I've I've gone to a lot of jazz jams, and I'm just kind of struck by by the community that's that's here, and and you know, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, blue, brown, rich, poor, where you're from. Somehow these people come together, and and uh, and Kyle just sat there very quietly and nodded and said, "I think you need to make that film." Hmm. And that's how it started. <laughs> well, so uh, I would say, how many jams did you go to the film for this? Uh, we actually went to a couple of them. Um, we had the we we went. Uh, the main action takes place on one night, which I think was at the end of April. Um, but we uh, the. The backstory took more filming than that. We, you know, spent 
um, some afternoons with several of the musicians and uh, and also a, an evening at the Chatterbox and, and so forth. Um, my DP on this project, uh, a fantastic uh, photographer named uh, Ron Sim, uh, who was actually living in Detroit at the time, uh, and I was fortunate enough that uh, he was. Uh, I was introduced to him actually just by phone, and uh, he took a look at last year's film, and and I told him what I wanted to try to get done, and here was my idea, and he said, "I'm in," and mm-hmm. so he came down and and uh, 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 lived at our house for a few days, and and we did the majority of the filming when he was in town. Of course, uh, yeah. So. Uh, it was fantastic. And I'm saying, how many how many musicians did you talk to that are profiled? In there the are, uh, I think there are six or seven key interviews uh, that kind of build the the uh, the framework of the piece and a little bit of voiceover. And doggone it, who are we going to get for a voiceover? Let's see who who who's got like this be- deep, rich baritone voice. That's just sort of the jazz standard in town. Could it be Everett Green? Oh yeah, him too. <laughs> sure. So, so just we were. Kidding, uh, yeah, we were. We were really lucky that uh, that Everett agreed to to be part of it, and the little bit of narration that's that was necessary to kind of uh, bring some scenes together. Uh, Everett helped us with that. I would say because I know you 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 filmed at the Chatterbox mm-hmm. and a little bit at the Jazz Kitchen. Right. Pri- actually, primarily. Oh, primarily. Okay. Yeah. So, what were what were the pluses and what were the challenges? At filming of at both of those venues, from a filmmaking standpoint. Well, um, you know, in this kind of uh, documentary style, there, um, uh, you just you kind of play with the hand you're dealt. Um, you know, obviously, uh, the Chatterbox is a you know very small space for any of your listeners who've been there, and hopefully, many of them have. And if not, you should. You should. Uh, uh, because it's a it's a treasure in our town, and uh, but it's uh, it's not quite the size of this studio, and um, uh, and so you're just right on top of it. And we were there that night with uh, Jared Thompson's band, Premium Blend. They yeah. were the primary act that evening, and uh, and again we were fortunate because sitting in for them with them was the first time was a, a, a drummer named Carrington Clinton, uh, uh, who was. Uh, Sitting in, so that so we got to, to to explore that story as well. You know, Jared finally said to to Ron, my my DP, if you're going to be any closer to us, you need to play an instrument. Uh, <laughs> so so that part of it is, uh, uh, you know, there there was a space issue there. Um, uh, then at the at the kitchen, um, uh, the big issue there was sound, uh, and uh, I was fortunate. You know, I'm. A very fortunate person. Uh, a lot of the film community got involved in this. There's a sound recordist in town named John Toflo. Does a lot of work on on lots of different films and so forth. And and uh, it took a a considerable setup for him to come in and both capture uh, live sound on stage and be ready to break off and do interviews. And we had a hot mic on Cliff the entire evening so we could catch anything he said. Uh, so the the sound in that case was probably the biggest challenge. Mm. I would say I I wondered about that because it seemed like the the jazz kitchen the environment is a little more controlled, mm-hmm. um, and and this is I mean, it's just kind of true. Uh, you have more people wandering in off the street, I think, at the Chatterbox. Oh, that's probably and, true. And and the fact yeah. that you know if I'm, those who have been here, you 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 know, you know, there's that one area where you which is great if you take a picture and then go sit down, right? And, <laughs> and then you know, and then you you look over to your right and there's somebody who just walked in and you're right. like, oh, how am I gonna 
how are you going to adjust to this? So. Right, right. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we had some signage up in both locations okay. saying if you're if you're coming in tonight, we're you were, filming. And you were going to do full blooded verite, and and your game. If you're coming <laughs> right. in, your game for uh, for being in so this. Don't, yeah, don't stick your don't don't stick your face in the camera and exactly. yell things. You know, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Did that happen? I, no. Okay, uh, we, good. We have. Uh, uh, well, for one, we're in Indianapolis, and where there's still a lot of niceness, which is not all bad. No, that's true. I, I will. Uh, t- I would say because um, when when the blue show started, we did about six months in. We started doing a broadcast once a month from the Noodle, uh-huh. and the now, you know, staff there was amazing, and right. most of the crowd there was amazing. But there was, you know, when we had mics up, and I was explaining it to it, and then you have somebody in the crowd who's you know been. Let's say they didn't start at the noodle; they ended there. Yes, and right. they see a microphone. Anyway, uh, cooler heads by the staff were able to uh, escort right. said gentleman right. far right. away from the microphones as humanly possible. Mm. So that's yeah. so because of that, right. I now check in and go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the the genre of uh, of jazz music uh, probably uh, less uh, brotastic. Yeah, yeah. probably <laughs> protected us from that yeah. from, <laughs> to some degree. Um, and you know uh, the, the staff helped us out, and sure. and uh, uh, we got Frank there. It's just <laughs> yeah, you don't mess with Frank. No, you don't and, mess with Frank. Uh, no, and uh, 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 but yeah, it was. Uh, he seemed he seemed pleased by the mm-hmm. end. Um, and uh, and David Ali, you know, I have to say was was uh, was game for this, and and uh, um, shout out know, to I both guess. Davids. Yeah, and, and, right, right, <laughs> uh, and. Um, Anyway, uh, so I was just very fortunate, and then we hurried up. We had to, we were in a big hurry because um, uh, one of the things that they said at last year's award was, um, first of all, it was a, a cash award, and which was humbling. And then uh, there was some remark that uh, they hoped that I would keep making films, and so I wanted to make one and get it back in. So that's what we did. So will there be a – I know it was, it was kind of a quick turnaround, but so – and we were talking about Voyage of Time. Will there be a longer, ver, longer version of this film on video? No. It's, it, it is, is what it, it is. The story is uh, – is, yeah, it's, it's about 22, 23 minutes. Um, you mean you're not going to be Oliver Stone and Alexander and have like five different versions floating no, around? No, no, and, and, and nor am I, I Ken Burns, though I, my, my – my, you know, I, I can hardly uh, uh, say anything uh, bad about the master, but um, – uh, no, you know, I think uh, one of the things in storytelling is is uh, you have to know when your story is told. And uh, you have to know when you've said enough. And uh, um, jazz is not necessarily something that, that everyone, a lot of people are afraid of it. Or they, they're not afraid of it, but they think they won't get it or whatever. And it, it has to be... Um, you know, you you have to present it in a way that 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 they can enjoy it and and not overwhelm anybody, and and that's what we did. I think the beauty of of, of a short and and or of a documentary is right. yeah, there, there's no studio telling you it's got to be it's got to be this, it's got to be under mm-hmm. two, it's got to be this. Right. It, it, you, like you said, it it is what it is, and a festival like this, you have a chance to see. Shorts and documentaries That's that you, what you know, and me, local yeah. ones. I mean, because right. I kept thinking about when you know a film. And when I was a kid, when we were kids, when you know maybe you would come to the college, a series of short films, and 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 you know especially like 
you know, the Oscar nominated shorts and animated stuff now mm-hmm. get a wider release because right. there are more art screens in town. But, if, you know, I would I would watch the the Academy Awards I'm like, where do you where do you see these things? Right. And you're right. like, New York, Chicago and L.A. if you're right. lucky. So yeah, I, I didn't hardly know about the short fr- film uh, format until the first time I attended Heartland a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and I saw th- th- there was a short film. It was only three or four minutes. And it just. It was so pure and simple and sweet in its uh, uh, in its concept, and it was a, it was called Victoria, and it was uh, basically almost a locked off shot of a piano in a in a, a homeless shelter so similar to Wheeler Mission. It wasn't a local film. I don't know where the film. I want to say it was maybe set in San Francisco, and it was a series of different homeless folk who would sit down at this piano. And some could play beautifully, some could hardly play at all, but they just talked about, you don't know what it means to get to play this piano. And at the end, you know, you got to pan across mm. the name of the piano, which was Victoria. That was the name of the of the, the piano maker or brand the, or whatever it was. The Rosebud, basically. Yeah, exactly, the Rosebud. Yeah. And, and um, I just, that, that was like, wow, that's really cool. I wonder, I wonder how you begin to do some of those things. And, in terms of short mm-hmm. films, Shorts HD, who is the distributor mm-hmm. um, of those Oscar-nominated short films, um, is a great uh, sponsor and partner of Heartland, too, which a lot of people don't know about. But um, as an Oscar-qualifying film festival, whoever wins their best narrative short gets projected or catapulted right. into contention it's for the Oscars, cool. which means they don't have to do a theatrical run. Because, like you said, how many times do you, right. besides that Shorts HD programmed Oscar-nominated films that are already Oscar-nominated, mm-hmm. Uh, you know the rules necessitate they have a theatrical showing. Well, who sees that? Where is that? Right. And well, it, yeah, so that's yeah. this really neat thing. So we have we have a great deal too. Where Shorts HD, they actually do um, an exhibition deal with ten to fifteen of our filmmakers and stuff too to show. They actually have a channel. If you've never heard of it, Shorts HD, the Shorts Movie Channel, on cable, satellite, universe, you name it. So there's well, at in least fact, uh, within the next, I'm hoping within the next sixty days, their their timelines are hard to. Citizen Tech Lead will be uh, uh, it will debut on Shorts HD. Oh, fantastic! Uh, within, uh, uh, so I'm supposed to be at top of the queue. I'm told. <laughs> okay. uh, but uh, yeah, I've been working with them now uh, for some time, and and uh, uh, yeah, it's that's that's why I'm, the the bad thing is I had to take down. The um, YouTube link, so I couldn't make it free for everyone because it, mm-hmm. the, in the licensing agreement with Shorts HD, uh, it has to be. Uh, God, uh, the freeloaders are so upset. That makes sense. Freeloaders you know. are so upset. But the good news is, it will be on iTunes. I'll do a, uh, I'll, I'll do some kind of a, a social media splash when it is, and whatever uh, profit we make uh, from from anybody who spends a buck ninety nine on iTunes to download this and technically will go to Exodus Refugee Camp. That's great. But Tim, if you don't mind sharing too, because um, you talked about coming to Heartland in the past too. Right. I think you shared this with me, but I don't know if we've, this has been on the record. But talk about Muhammad Diab in Cairo, Cairo <laughs> six seven eight. That's how this whole thing started. And, and here's the thing. Me. So if yeah. you never heard, there was a film um, called Crash that that premiered to great review at Cannes this year, and Tom Hanks raved about it and tweeted about it in a handwritten letter. He was a grand prize winner in 2012 with a film called Cairo six seven eight, which was um, our, at that time it was a um, hundred thousand dollar grand prize. Yeah. And he came with twenty bucks out of his pocket. He was part of the Egyptian Revolution. Right. His film actually changed laws in Egypt for sexual harassment from from women. And you had a really neat encounter with him. It was it was uh, yes, it was a Heartland moment. So at the <laughs> time, I, you know, I I Give have sound effects. Moving, I have truly, yes, yeah. yes. I I was I uh, 
you know, I do uh, my work is, uh, uh, you know, uh, a freelance producer, mostly doing, you know, commercials and corporate films, either through uh, production companies here, or advertising agencies or whatnot. And for a while, I had a little production blog called Smarter Production, and I would like to interview different people that and it was a kind of a uh, just for the production industry, more or less. And, and I got to interview. Um, I saw this, this this director of this movie, Cairo 678, which just blew me away. And here he was, and, and uh, it was just like a little iPhone thing, and we were talking to each other. And, and um, uh, you know, I, I said I didn't realize how, how much I was re- revealing myself in this, but, but we were I – I said, you know, how did you do this? I said, how did you come to make this film? And, and he said uh, – he said, well, you know, he did some commercial projects on the side or whatever. And I said, well, what, what advice do you have to people who are in my industry who make commercials or, you know, we're, we're, we're doing kind of work-a-day things? Um, and he got very quiet and he said, um, he said well, he said, if, if you have something to say today, he said, the technology is where it is. He said, it's, it's become so accessible. He said, you really don't have any excuse. And, and he looked right at me. Um, and uh, that's probably how the whole thing started. I, I it, it was a hugely inspirational moment. See, ladies and gentlemen, you can have encounters like this at the Heartland Film right. Festival, yeah. and you can represent the city and the state really by attending. Because uh, one of the things that we've learned uh, from from visiting, visiting filmmakers is that the hospitality—it's not just for the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, I mean, who's your hospitality? Everybody afraid. comes yeah. out. It's a real for thing. This. Fantastic. So. And, uh, so, uh, so Tim, when is your when is your film run? At uh, we have two showings. First one's already sold out, unfortunately. Uh, uh, good for it's you. Good for us. Yeah, but, yeah, it's right. Right. I mean, it's a wonderful thing. But I, I would love for more people to get to see the film. Uh, we're on um, Friday the twenty first. Uh, that's the one of the that's on the same night as the big celebration, and then also Wednesday the twenty sixth at Traders Point seven forty five. Uh, last I looked, uh, advanced tickets were still available for that showing. And it's in the Indiana Shorts program. There are three or four other Indiana short films along with mine. I say because yeah, there's short programs. I know is because I know sometimes there's a short film that is like the quote unquote opening act with the sometimes paired up with a longer feature. Or yeah, something. we only did that once this oh, okay. year, and that's okay. we did that for a family friendly film. So kind of almost like a Disney Pixar type thing. We there put in go. a short animated film and. Excellent. Yeah. And and as, as as we were joking earlier, Tim Tim made a Tim made an uplifting jazz film. Uh, <laughs> I, I uh, sometimes yeah. those of us yep. that those of us that stockpile movies and some of us still actually go out and buy physical films uh, or disc. Um, I, I came <laughs> across not one but two films about jazz musicians that I really wanted to see. I heard really good things about them, and they were both about really self destructive dudes. So <laughs> we had we had uh, Ethan Hawke as Chet Baker in oh uh, yeah in yeah. Born to Be Blue, yeah. and then uh, the great John Hawkes playing. Joe Albany in uh, Low Down, and I, I came across these two films yeah. in two different stores in the span of about two weeks. And one one Sunday, I went, you know, let's watch these. Let's make a double feature because <laughs> we try. You create your own double features, and then you need a pint of ice cream and yeah, curl yeah. up in a ball or after something. After you know, that. bird is more uplifting than <laughs> pull up, pull up. Yeah, right. So anyway, but those but those are out there, and and yeah, you can check out the festival. So please do that. John Oxus must have made that waiting for the Deadwood movie to 
be a thing. You know, he's, I guess I'll make this. I'll make this. Uh... And everybody's favorite cult leader and Marcy, Marcy May, Marlene. <laughs> anyway, that one. So, all right. I, w- I want to shift gears a little bit uh, and talk about some other films. So, really, you have no excuse. If, if you know, the lines will not be long. Or if they are, you wait for them. But, uh, but there's a couple other films opening this weekend of note. Um, we are, and the other great thing is when Heartland is here, that means we are in the midst of what we like to call grown-up movie season. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> and we are, we are, you know, the last couple of weeks have been pretty good. And this weekend, opening in theaters, is a film that I got to see it a couple of weeks ago, and it's been talked about, and hopefully more people will be checking it out. The two-hour and 45-minute epic, American Honey. And uh, this is this is a film written by directed by Andrea Arnold, um, whose work uh, the, the other film of hers I had seen before, and I actually really liked it more than I thought I would. The stripped down, bare bones, twenty eleven film version of Wuthering Heights. Hmm. Um, no, no blousey blouses on dudes, and it doesn't look like masterpiece <laughs> theater. It That's is, not for me then. No, it is cold. It is dank. It is. It's a really stripped down <laughs> dialogue a film for depressing shows. It, it happens. Like. But this is a film. It, it stars a uh, uh, Riley Keough. Um, no, I'm sorry, Sasha Lane, who plays a uh, uh, young mother of two, hmm. stuck in a uh, nowhere marriage somewhere in uh, in the white trash South. And she dumps her kids and dumps her husband and goes on the road with a, with a group of uh, gentlemen and, uh, and ladies in a van of traveling salesmen, fronted by everyone's favorite non-Franco performance artist, Shia LaBeouf. Oh. And uh, these are the folks, ladies and gentlemen. You've, you've probably encountered them at your home, and hopefully you haven't, or maybe you have. These are the kids that sell stuff door-to-door. In this case, mm-hmm. they are college stu- posing as college students to sell magazine subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Right. But they are in a van. They are dropped off in a neighborhood, and they are told to go and make money. If Shia and, LaBeouf um, tried to sell something on my door, I'd let him in. Well, and and he is, of course, um, he is attracted to the the young lady whose name in the film, uh, ac- not really accidentally enough, his name Star. Hmm. We'll get to that. But 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 yeah, Shia is supposed to be the the kind of mentor for uh, this young woman, and you know he's supposed to be the uh, consummate businessman in this group, and he's got the really long ponytail that's braided. And he's got the Trump book, and he's not really quite. But but by comparison, uh, apparently he is. Um, Skin um, white or orange? Oh, he is white. Okay, he's making he's making he's making door to door sales great again. Okay, um, but ladies and gentlemen, this is a film, um, and I'm, I won't be the first to say this, and I won't be the last, but I think this is the most. American Dickensian film mm. since Beasts of the Southern Wild. Wow. Hmm. This is it is basically a modern day Oliver Twist, yeah, um, right. with and you have Shia LaBeouf as Fagin, and you have Riley Keough, who yes is the daughter of Lisa Marie Presley, and she is basically Bill Sykes. She is the the leader of this group, who mm. uh, also has LaBeouf as kind of a manservant. So there's a little love triangle amongst this group. But it is it is a fascinating look into a, hmm. a, a little microcosm of a world that maybe, like I said, you might have had two minutes at the door with if you were lucky, and how these people got there. And and what's the time period? Um, modern is it? It's yeah, modern today. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but the fact is, you know, uh, down on their luck, trying to get money in a questionable way. Hmm. Um, somebody who is in com- somebody who's a, a higher in command that you have feelings for, and somebody who's you know, and he's torn between the woman below him and the woman above him. Um, 
it's just it's it's just really fascinating, yeah. and uh, it's one of those. Uh, I, I say it's two hours and forty five minutes. It could be shorter, but I think you, for the most part, you get engulfed into it. And also the fact that from the point of view of the salesperson, you don't know who's going to be on the other side of that door. Mm-hmm. And there there's the scenes with some sales attempts um, can get pretty pretty tense. And uh, so it's interesting that you see it from their point of view because I think usually when we're at home, we don't want to see we usually don't want people knocking at our door wanting to sell stuff to us. Right. And so finally we get to see it from their perspective. And and it's pretty unpredictable. There's even there's a scene where they meet a, a mom who is a, a bit of a Bible thumper and the young lady star um, goes off on a sale on her own with three three white Texans of, you know, the white shirts and jeans and the Stetson's hats. And one of them is classic that guy, Will Patton. Hmm. And, um, you know, it looks like it's going to be on the brink of turning into a hostile type film. And it doesn't. Hmm. It's just that uh, gripping in Hmm. that case. Um, There's a lot of scenes. I would say it could be shorter. There's a lot of scenes of all of these characters in the van. I think part of it is because it's a big van and they have up to maybe 10 or 12 people and they all cram in cheap motel rooms for a few days at a time. And so you see that camaraderie as well as the sales competition amongst them. Um, it's it's really a fascinating film, wow. um, and and you know it's one of those that will hopefully get a little wider release. But um, the fact that it's here in Indy, you know, kudos to them for that. Yeah, yeah you got exactly. my mind wandering to Napoleon Dynamite with a van and selling um, things. <laughs> the, the Tupperware scene is shorter, and f- that film is shorter and funnier. But yes, there there is a little bit of that. Um, also opening in theaters this weekend. Um, the new Ben Affleck action film, The Accountant, mm. uh, directed by Gavin O'Connor, who gave us everything from Miracle and Tumbleweeds and Warrior to Jane Got a Gun and Pride and Glory. And uh, this is a film that don't let the trailers mislead you. There's There's been a lot of comparisons of this film to a lot of people are saying it's his born film mm. because of course, his old writing partner, Matt Damon, who plays Jason Bourne. And in this one, he plays an accountant who has a, a form of autism who happens to moonlight as an assassin and, <laughs> and accounting for shady characters. And um, yeah, it happens all the time. It does happen all the time. So, you know, be, you know pay your bills if you're at the accountant's <laughs> office. But um, but it, the film is more of a, of a psychological puzzle than it is a, a, a you know, wall-to-wall action film. There is some right. sh- there is some action in it, but there's there's some piece to, uh, uh, almost separate films together. You have uh, the head of the treasury, well, a, a gentleman from the treasury department, played by J.K. Simmons, mm-hmm. coming off the bench, um, and he is supposed to uh, he is assigned to go find out what's going on with this particular character. Um, and also, he's got his own shady side, right? He does have his own little shady side, but oh, it, it's kind of it's it's brought up, but not a whole lot. Um, Anna Kendrick is in the film as kind of Affleck's sidekick when uh, when uh, the Affleck character notices a few discrepancies in this business that's uh, run by John Lithgow and Gene Smart. Solid bench, by the way. They don't get the whole the, the bench. They don't get to do a whole lot, which is mm-hmm. kind of a bummer mm-hmm. when you have the likes of John Lithgow and J.K. Simmons yeah. and. and right. Gene Smart, right. Right. Um, and so huh. there's a little bit of mentor-mentee thing with uh, with uh, Affleck and the Anna Kendrick character, and then there's another assassin played by Josh Brennethal, 
who, well, the problem is there, it's supposed to lead up to a big suspenseful moment, and you can you can see it coming way too early. I can't tell if you enjoyed this movie or not. Well, that's just it. I it's I, I like the fact that it wasn't a Bourne film, but the, it's a little scattershot as far as tone. Yeah. Um, and I, I you know I, I guess I I wondered if you know somebody who wasn't Paul Greengrass would direct this and make it a full blown action film. What it would be like. Um, but it's it's okay. It's is just it funny. A, Does it have funny moments? There's a it? couple light moments, but not that many. Yeah. Um, there's also the film also feels like at times an infomercial about aut- the autism, not the experience, mm. but but what it is like to have different right. levels of autism. There's yeah. a lot of flashbacks with Affleck's character, so you know it it feels a little documentary, little infomercial, yeah. little buddy film, little action film, <laughs> little psychological puzzle. So there's there's a lot going okay, on. Something for everybody. No, it's something for everybody. So and and it's written by Bill uh, Dubuque, who did the screenplay, of course, for The Judge. Um, so anyway, th- it's out there, but it, don't go in expecting uh, wall-to-wall action. There is some, <laughs> just just not enough for some folks. So, right. and you know, this is this keeps Ben busy until the next Batman film, and and of course, there's a new. Uh, he's got a new mob film that's that he's directing that's coming out at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Or end of the year, I should say. Yeah, uh, a couple of titles of note on uh, DVD and Blu-ray. Um, yes, the female version of Ghostbusters is out on video, and everybody's childhood is fine. Nobody <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah, I, it, it was it was amusing. I didn't, you know, does is it anything like the original? No. Kate McKinnon's funny as heck in it, and it has its moments. And if I if I can sort of recommend a, a, yet another film where Melissa McCarthy falls down and goes boom, <laughs> there's something to be said about that. <laughs> but yeah, my childhood was not violated because yeah, of this review. I didn't think, you know, I, I love the the echoes and homages and stuff too. But it's just one where you just leave and you're done. And okay, I saw that. Yeah. I never probably want to see it again. Or Right. I don't care if there's a sequel or not, but hey, it's it was, fine. It's yeah. all right. So um, let's see. Uh, Blood Bloodfather, Mel Gibson getting the getting back into the action genre mm. this time, uh, trying to protect his daughter, played by Aaron Moriarty. Was it's, Liam Neeson not available? Uh, uh, not available. <laughs> oh, okay. um, yeah. yeah, he was too busy doing elsewhere. Taking eighteen. Yeah, uh, this is directed by uh, Jean Francois Richet, who gave us Mercerine, the Vincent Cassel crime films, which I really liked, mm. and the remake of Assault on Precinct Thirteen, which really wasn't needed. I will say this: it's it's nine, under ninety minutes and it's to the point he's a recovering alcoholic who's going to save his daughter who is uh, gotten who's in trouble with some shady characters <laughs> and uh, a brian cranston film not enough people got to see the infiltrator based on the true story of said character who breaks it who uh um goes undercover to uh, launder money for big time drug dealers in florida in the wow. in the mid to late <laughs> 80s john leguizamo diane kruger coming off the bench uh brad Furman, who gave us the lawyer uh, the lincoln lawyer and runner runner it's and it's a it's a really good performance by cranston and he i, I there's a part of him feels he got to do this because he got nominated for trumbo and that's all the better so okay. um couple old titles you should have on blu-ray probably glengarry glenn ross Criterion has now put out uh, Robert Altman's McCabe and Mrs. Miller, as mm. well as Richard Linkletter's Boyhood, which means you're going to have to buy it again because there's actually some features on this one. <laughs> Thanks, Paramount. Yeah. Um, also, so with that in mind, there's a few other things of note around the state over at IU Cinema. Uh, this, of course, depends on what time you're listening to this show. Um Monday, October 17th, the documentary Panther, as well as Off the Pig at 7 o'clock, um, and A Man Called Love, Tuesday the 18th at 7 o'clock. 
Um, and there's, a, of course, a retrospect with the films of John Borman coming up Sunday the 23rd, Excalibur at 6.30, Point Blank from 1967 at 6.30 on October the 27th, followed by Deliverance at 9.30. And John Borman will be doing a, a lecture at IU on Friday the 28th. Wow. So I'll, I'll give a plug for IU Cinema. I think um, John has really advanced uh, just the cinema landscape. Yep. In the, in the years he's been here, he's an amazing, authentic guy. Their staff is amazing as well. Brittany is amazing. It's a Barbara. and it's a cool so little space. Yeah. So and Good. I graduated um, before that. You know, the cinema was there, so that was too bad. <laughs> so it happens. To go back. Great excuse to go back. Um, yeah. And it's fall in Bloomington. Oh yes. Um, just a few notes again, depending on when you're listening to this. At the Keystone Arts as part of the Midnight Movie Series for October this weekend, the original Carrie. Great. Oh. <laughs> take, your, take your prom date. There it is. Uh, October 21st and 22nd, Night of the Creeps. And October 28th and 29th, the original John Carpenter Halloween. Mm. Oh, my. Yes, the drive-ins are still open in October in Indiana for some reason, uh, but that's okay. Over at the Skyline in uh, Shelbyville, the original Halloween followed by the 1982 version of The Thing. Mm. And then the weekend of the 28th and 29th, Beetlejuice, Godzilla on Monster Island, and the Redeemer from 1978, oh, um, and then over at the Tibbs, um, the Kevin Hart document, uh, Kevin Hart concert film What Now, along with Masterminds from the director of Napoleon Dynamite, uh, The Girl on the Train, and Blair Witch, The Accountant, and The Magnificent Seven, Deepwater Horizon, a uh, or an Irwin Allen film but shorter and better, and uh, along with Miss, Mrs. Paragine's Home for Peculiar Children, a Tim Burton film not with Johnny Depp, and what? this I happens, and then this weekend at the Art Craft Theater in historic the historic Art Craft Theater in Franklin this weekend, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, ah, oh, so fabulous. There, ladies and gentlemen, you have no excuse. You should see something in Central Indiana. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Our craft theater is fantastic too. Yep, Dave and the team, Casey, they're fantastic. Exactly. Well. Um, okay, one other. Oh, I forgot one other film of note that came out on Blu-ray and DVD this week: uh, The Legend of Tarzan, one of the most CGI'd films I've seen in a while, and that's not necessarily a compliment. Um, not the best-looking CGI, and, of course, everyone's mm. favorite Tarzan, Swedish actor Alexander Skarsgård. And we, we talk about— uh, The world has been waiting for a Swedish Tarzan. Well, yeah. well we, you know, we had a Swedish Jesus, so why not a Swedish— <laughs> And an Australian Noah while we're at it. But um, this is also a film. It's kind of like The Accountant. When you have a solid bench but they have nothing to do, you have a film with Margot Robbie yeah. as Jane— Yes, she she gets to be the non-damsel in distress, and she almost says that verbatim. You also have Samuel Jackson and Christoph Waltz, and because it's set in deep in the heart of Africa, I'm sorry, they had to cast Jamon Hunsu. Mm. Um, anyway, you have all of that solid talent not doing a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> so. I, I think they got to get Samuel back into some Star Wars movies here. Yeah, that not that. He, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe work well. He was in Chirac, which I really, really good. liked and not enough people saw, but he needs another nomination picture somewhere. He needs another prestige picture because he's worked I think enough with Spielberg and Lucas that the royalty checks are doing okay <laughs> yeah. but you know can, right. can can we put a little sweat no, into not, it before you no. go play golf so anyway. do you have time to plug a couple more movies no we don't yeah no. we have two we have two minutes go two for minutes. it okay so really quick so <laughs> please do um, again so we have Indiana Spotlight but another great film with Indiana Connections is Night School it's one of our finalists in contention for the $45,000 grand prize directed by Andrew Cohn who did Medora a few years ago that hit both Indie Yes, Fest really cool documentary. Yep. So he's back, and he made it through the process. Um, 
and this film's night school. It's about actually filmed on the um, in Indianapolis, on the east side of Indianapolis, and it's perfect for the time we live in because it it really hits um, the disparity um, of both racial and income um, differences in the town and stuff too. And these people are just trying to get an education that are below the poverty line. So there's three local subjects. We're doing a special Indiana premiere at the Pike Performing Arts Center on Tuesday, October 25th. And it's going to be fantastic. The subjects mm. from the film is going to be there. Andrew will be there. And then another nice. film um, on the jazz note, Vince Giordano, There's a Future in the Past. Vince, I've been a fan since the Ghost World soundtrack when I was in high school 15 yep. years ago. Oh Everything my God. from Woody Allen films to Martin Scorsese films, Boardwalk Empire. There's a film about him. He's keeping hot jazz alive. He's going to be here at the tail end of the festival, too. Oh, that's fantastic. So there's some, yeah. of, some of my favorites. Yeah. And then we have, yeah. you know, a couple... Hundred plus more from beyond that. Yeah. Right. Once, once more. Where can people go for tickets and information? Heartlandfilmfestival.org. And if you buy in advance uh, online or um, on phone, save three bucks per ticket. And uh, gogetyourhorn.com. Yes. Right. Yes. Go. Just go to gogetyourhorn.com. You can see the trailer, and then the the uh, the, the screening information is there as well, and a link to to the Heartland site if you want to go ahead and buy your tickets. All right, Greg, Tim, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, yeah thanks a lot. It. Thanks for having us. Go see a good movie. You deserve it. Go to Heartland. You really deserve it. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Good afternoon, Fort Myers. Good afternoon, California. Good afternoon, Michigan. Silent Green is people! Zardoz has spoken.